if I think of somebody as being lazy, how do I treat them different? I'm not as polite to them. I'm probably not giving them important tasks. I'm probably giving, I'm probably micromanaging them. And this is what, this is what is happening inside of our businesses. It's happening inside of our organizations. It's probably happening inside of our our homes at times. This is the 2120 Podcast, where each week, two guys take an idea, an experience, or a topic that we're passionate about, and we talk about it with you for 20 minutes. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back in a little bit of a time machine thing here. So I'm going to take you back to when I'm 15. My friend, Kevin, shows up at my house and he says, hey, you want to go to work tomorrow? Make some money. Okay, what are we going to do? He says, we're going to pick tomatoes. I'm like, what? Like, and I, I'm just thinking a garden or whatever. And it's like, no, this is a farm. It's over by Urbana. And they're going to hire, you know, they, they hire seasonal people to come in and help pick tomatoes. He says, pays good. It's eight bucks an hour. So back then, that's pretty good. That's that really, really good. good. Yeah. And uh, he's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of easy. There's a couple cute girls there, too. I'm like, I'm in. Let's do it. So I show up the next. <laughs> you had me at cute girls. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, so I show up and they kind of teach us like in two or three minutes, you know, what's going on. It's a beautiful farm, right? It's this Cedar River Bottoms area. It's just absolutely beautiful over there. Pull us out on a wagon behind a tractor out to the tomato fields. I'm going, this is the coolest thing ever. And I start, start my row. And so basically you're just walking, walking a row end to end to picking tomatoes. And now you're picking tomatoes that are in the right stage. You're not just picking every tomato because they don't all ripen at the same time. So there's a certain style of tomato that you're looking for. So they're mostly green, but they're starting to ripen. And so you need to be able to see that. So it's kind of like where the stem comes into the tomato. Look for the color there. Yeah. If it's already mostly orange, let it go. We By the time it gets to the stores, it's going to be rotten. Okay. So I notice that the woman who owns the farm she's following me and I'm like, Oh, well it's, I'm new. Right. So she's just making sure I'm not missing anything. And, and along the way, you know, we're talking and, but we're doing the work. We're advancing at a, at a decent pace. I wasn't the slowest. I wasn't the fastest, but, but she's behind me. And I see that she's walking toward me. Hey, you're missing, you're missing these. Like you're screwing up. You, you, you're, you're picking some that are too right. You're picking some that are way too green. Oh, okay. Sounds good. And I can tell she's getting frustrated with me. All right. Well, yeah. You're screwing I'm up. I'm screwing up. Now, I'm going to fast forward to when I'm 18. Okay. Different job. I'm working for um, a road survey crew. Okay. So back then what we did is you had a, a, a group of three. There's two guys at the front of a 200 foot long, basically tape measure. Mm-hmm. I'm at the back end. Okay, so my, they, what they're doing up at the front is they're driving a spike in the middle of the road because this, this road is going to be resurfaced. So it has to be driven in the center for the mark. Okay. Sure. So my job is to see, to come up onto that mark, and then I stop them as we're all walking. So every 200 feet, my job at the end is to put the brakes on when I see that spike on the, on the road. Now the spike, what they do is they, it's kind of like a big nail and they drive it in with the hammer and then they, they put a circle around it. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm a very conscientious guy, right? I'm, I'm working hard at this, but this is the first time I've ever done this. 
I'm walking and I cannot see the mark. I can't see the spike in the road. So I get to a spot. You can't see a big piece of metal that's slammed into the road? No, but I'll tell you why in a second. Okay? All right. So, so here's what's happening is, is the guy in front, Carlton. Now I'm going to describe Carlton real quick for you just so you know <laughs> who we got. Carlton would take old dress shirts, either short sleeve or long sleeve. I have no idea because he ripped sleeves the sleeves off. off. He would have it unbuttoned down to almost, you know, like oh. the bottom of his chest. And he was wearing a gold chain. He had aviators on and his hair was always slicked, right? This is mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah. And uh, he's getting pissed at me because I'm, I'm back there. He, he turns around and looks 200 feet behind him. And here I am looking down at the ground trying to find this thing. So this happens a couple times. Oh, I got it. Right. And so we do it. But after this happens a couple more times, he's, he's hot. Re- rightfully so. Okay. Sure. But he was the kind of guy that was pretty unfiltered. Right. So oh, yeah. he let me have it pretty good. I'm 18 and I just about going to tears. I'm, I'm working, Matt, I'm working as hard as I can to find this thing. And, and they end up walking back to me and I said, I can't see it, but what I'm trying to do is figure out, like, if you're next to a sign or a weed on the side of the road, I'm kind of using that as a marker. But when I get up here, he's like, it's effing right here. And he's pointing at it. It's right in front of my feet. I can't see it. Here's what was going on. When they buried the spike, you know, it kind of loses the sheen. That was the only way I was seeing. I was seeing a little sunlight glare off of it. Sure. But they were using a red crayon style, big, big crayon style to, to put like a uh, two inch circle around it. Everybody can see that red on that gray yeah. asphalt except me. It's, it's gray. It's, it's, I can't see it. I'm colorblind. That was the revelation that I had. That's why I'm telling you two stories where people misjudged me because I am colorblind. So guess what? I can't see orange and green together worth a dang. If you put bright fluorescent green, or orange spray paint down on grass to like mark something it all looks green to me i can't see the orange same thing with this asphalt and this red so what's happening is with carlton and uh, and then doug was the other helper the, the other uh, summer help guy he's like he can't see it he, and he's like and sarcastically grabs a yellow and he's like can you and see this one i'm like and he and he puts a circle around like perfect so here's i i won him over later because i never missed again sure and he ended up buying us ice cream a couple afternoons because it was hot. It's a crappy job doing that survey. It's easy, but it's still crappy. And the, 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 the reason I wanted to bring this up today as part of this conversation is how many times do we tell a story about somebody else that when we don't know the whole picture? He, uh, the, the lady at the farm thought I was lazy. She thought I was paying more attention to other people that I didn't care about her, her, her tomato crop. Carlton thought that I was lazy, that I was spaced off, that I wasn't doing my job. Neither were true. In fact, in both of those cases, I was trying so hard. Like, I was like, this sucks. Like, what, what am I, what's wrong with me? And, and when the big epiphany that I had was when Carlton moved to that yellow and, and it was good, everything started to click. I've done this before to others and, and it's so you know it's been done to me I'm sure you can relate to this but there are stories that we tell about others we tell ourselves and so now if I it, it, you know think about this if I if I think of somebody as being lazy 
how do I treat them different? I'm not as polite to them. I'm probably not giving them important tasks. I'm probably giving, I'm probably micromanaging them. And this is what, this is what is happening inside of our businesses. It's happening inside of our organizations. It's probably happening inside of our, our homes at times. And if we just step back for a minute and we, and we start to look at some of the facts or we start to look and stop telling those stories, we're going to see something different. Yeah. The crazy thing is, how long have I known you? I don't know, three, four years. And I had no idea you're colorblind. Most people don't. I, I mean, I can see orange. I can see green. I can, the people always tease me. Well, do you know when the, to, to go at a stoplight? Yeah, I can see the red. I can see the green just fine there. But when you put certain tones together, I can't see them at all. And so um, it's, it's not really much of a handicap. It's never really stopped me except for those two jobs in particular. It really gave me some issues. Yeah, I have another buddy that has, is colorblind too, and I found that out. And you know, he, he brought his bike in to get some work done in the shop, and he wanted some new accessories, new bottle cages, and yeah. all this good stuff. And he you know, told me what he wanted, and knowing mm-hmm. that he was colorblind, I put like pink cages on his bike, and he had no idea for the longest time that he was <laughs> nice. riding with pink cages. But um, no, like you just sparked, uh, you know, there is going to be a young gentleman that will be my replacement. Yeah. And. I put him on a lifetime probation, which doesn't like, it doesn't exist. Like there's no such thing as a lifetime probation. I was going to say that you can't put someone on a life, but it was just one of those things where I saw so much killer potential in this, this kid and he needed to see it. He was struggling, making it to work on time. You know, I'm, we're working with him. We're giving him all these opportunities, all these shots to, to make it. And like, he's just, I'm at a point now where I'm like, if you, you're late again, you're gone. Mm. But what I found out later in life, and I don't know if he knows that I know this, but he was helping his dad doing overnights, cleaning, cleaning things and, oh, and wow. working with his dad. Yeah. But like the pride there, like he never let anybody know, you know, that he was putting in all these extra hours, mm. helping his dad do a job. And I'm ready to freaking fire this, this kid. Yeah. You know, wow. and you fast forward in life to, to where we're at today he's my replacement. Like he's like, he figured it out. He put some systems in place. He committed to making it happen, but I could have easily said, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm done. Like we're not dealing with this anymore. You're not going to make it to work on time. So you're not going to work here. And so, and I know you punctuality is, it's huge. It's high. It's super high for you. Like, it's, I'm, it's I'm like early. if I'm I beat you early. to the coffee or to the podcast time here, yeah. and it's very You're rare, smiling. I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. punctuality is big for you. So but, yeah, I could see why yeah. that, that would But I, I easily, like, I just, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even think about asking questions about, hey, like, I, I just assumed, you know, you go home at night, you go to bed, you're just staying up too late, you're screwing around, whatever it may be, Yeah, you know, um, where, no, he wasn't. He was driving all over the state of Iowa to help his dad do things, and it's like, holy shit. Like I could have lost, like I, if I, if I, if something wouldn't have changed, he would be gone. And he had so much potential that maybe he would have figured it out and been great for somebody else, or maybe he wouldn't have, Mm. uh, but he figured it out and he's great for us now. So, you know, the cool thing is, like I said, he's my replacement. He'll be the next, you know, sales leader in Iowa city. And, um, like I'm so proud of where he's where he's at. I mean, he's getting to the point now where, you know, he listens to this. So, um, 
he's getting a little big for his britches. Like he gets a little, <laughs> you got to pull him back a little bit. But you know, it's just one of those things where like, holy crap, I, I, like he figured it out. That's awesome. You know, so but yeah, I, I, I you, you see it. You, you assume something. You know, and um, when you don't know, when you don't ask enough questions, when you don't do some more digging, you know, you miss things. And sometimes it's those little things that are there that could cost you your job. You know that. That to me is is something that I I do enjoy talking with others about because you know one you know one of my big things is um, busy leaders mm-hmm. busy leaders don't make time for stuff like that we're going out of pace it's too quick we're walking fast heads are down and we just don't notice stuff and um, that's when that's when we can start making those assumptions we start building a story in our head about that person that that's probably wrong yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and there's the other side too of the busy leader that doesn't that misses things, and there are things that end up being tragic things. Yeah. You know, whether it's depression or it's you know just a true disconnect from people and their job, and you just slowly see this person fading away. If nobody like does anything about it or sees it, guess what happens? That person just fades away. Well, case in point, um, I'll bring the punctuality back into things. So let's say you got a great employee that's working for you and. Over time, the teams notice that they start showing up late. Yeah, there's two ways people usually deal with that. The first way is, is hey, what you, you got to show up on time, right? We just enter into like, I'm gonna write you up. This is you got to be in your seat. We expect you to be here at this time or whatever it is. And the other way is to to look at it and go, what's causing that? Because it hasn't always been that way. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that is the difference between a an average or maybe a poor leader who's the one that's just jumping into action and says, you got to be here, not asking questions, not trying to figure it out. And the difference between them being a great leader, which says, okay, if I look back at the record here, they're exemplary. But over the past six weeks, I've noticed a decline. And that's where it comes back to being, are you an approachable person as a leader too? Because now... Maybe that person didn't, who's been showing up late is afraid to tell you that there's something serious going on in their life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a, a medical diagnosis somewhere in the family. Uh, again, being able to relate to that person, ask and figure it out, and not tell a story is so vital. That's what, that's what keeps people around is when you get engaged with what's going on. And, and it isn't just about the X's and the O's and the numbers and the KPIs, et cetera. You're starting to, to like, you know, just check in. You're doing okay. How is things going? And you got to be approachable because if you're not approachable, people will hold information from you. Yeah. Your crew is your number one focus. Yeah. In, in any business or any, whatever, whatever your profession is, um, you know, and, like you could you could talk about buy-in. You could talk about like stuff we've talked about before in podcasts. But you know, if your team truly knows that like, you have each other's backs, like it's easier saying things that they, when they screw up. You know, they they, yeah. they kind of fall on their sword a little bit easier and go, you know what? I owe it to you to let you know that I'm I'm kind of struggling right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's also the pride thing of like I don't want anybody to know. Oh, like, for sure. I'm I'm in, a, I'm in a bad spot right now. Um, I don't want to draw any more light to it. I'm just going to, I'm going to do my best every day, but the best isn't the best because like this is affecting something major, you know? And, um, 
gosh, that you know, leaders that are not involved, they 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 miss so much, and um, you know, the the whole the whole fade away is is real. You know, you you see people just slowly fade away in business, and then they're gone. You know, for whatever reason. Um, but like, you got to be involved, and you you have no idea. Um, how important uh, even a 10 second conversation is with a person that just you give them the time of day for 10 seconds it's like ooh like they just got a little bit better because of it but the hustle and bustle of our businesses in our life it's it's hard to make that happen it you have to force yourself to make that happen sometimes <clears throat> well I don't disagree with anything you just said and and I actually really like that you said you have to force yourself because that's the mark of of anything if you're going to be present it, you have to be intentional about that to take action that I am going to be present, that I am going to carve out time. This is why, you know, I learned early in, in my leadership journey that th- there was power in proximity, meaning spending time in a, in a commons area, whether that was like a, a break room or a lunchroom, a workout room. We, we had all sorts of those things. And the power of being close to people and just being real because as soon as as soon as I went from a manager to a VP people treated me different and when I went from a VP to the chief culture officer people treated me different again and so I was pretty aware of that because suddenly I I was perceived as higher authority I had more power etc but I'm still the same person so the the I went out of my way I was very conscientious to make sure that I was still approachable. That meant my door did remain open, but the door remained open for me not to just have people come into my office, but for as a reminder, like get out of the office and go and you know meet with them. Sure. And just be real. And and it was in those times when maybe you know uh, we would go out for walks together, whether that was at lunch or it was just sort of a an afternoon hey impromptu thing. Let's take a walk. Well, those would turn into business meetings, but because we were outside of the conventional room we were having different levels of conversations it was it was freer thinking we were we were more i don't know imaginative and it was really neat to see those things happen because if it was just a scheduled hey we're going to sit down for 15 minutes and those are still important by the way to do in an office we would stick to that but it was when we went out of there and we got to like having a coffee or taking that walk that breakthroughs would happen. That was really fun for me. Yeah. You know, great leaders are experts of putting puzzles together. Yeah. And you talked about working in close proximity. You, you have to think about that too, from your crew standpoint, (laughs) you know, the way the offices are laid out, the way the workstations are laid out, you know, do you put someone across someone that it is gas and fire? Like it's just, this is not going to be good, but this is where they're going to go. And, um, you look at it and go, Ooh, maybe this isn't a good fit because things are starting to happen. Production's down. This is that, you know, I mean, there are all these different things. You know, I think of like office layouts and you have all these desks lined up. Do you have the right team in that office? You know, by, by moving one person out and putting them in a different office that brings a different level of motivation or excitement Mm -hmm. may completely just revamp that entire office. Or do you have a bunch of bad apples in one office because you're keeping an eye on them and mm. it's just making, the, making, right. it, making it even worse? Right. You know, so like as a leader, like you owe it to your company, your team, your store, your whatever it is to find the best people 
to fill those positions. Absolutely. And you know, you will make mistakes. You will put the wrong person on the seat in the, in the bus and go, yeah, we hired him for this position, buddy, man, it's not the right fit. We need to change this. If you're okay with leading him in that position, it's only a detriment to your entire business down the road and the people that, that work, work for you. So you're constantly looking at that puzzle piece going, okay, which direction should this go on on the board? And moving it around and trying to make it fit. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, like you can't force a puzzle piece. If it either fits or it, it doesn't, it may look like it fits, right. but it, like it, at the end of the day, they're just an angle that's a little bit off. So, you know, great leaders every day have to be on the floor observing, seeing what's happening. You know, I, I mean, I, I think of like our cashiers and sometimes we have like the dynamic of the cashier team when they're together. Like when, when one side's rocking and rolling, it's like, holy crap, all the customers are on that side leaving because they're, I mean, it's just great over there. But you add that one bad apple to the mix and it completely just like locks the gears up and oh, yeah. it, it, it's a bad deal. So, you know, in leadership, learn to be a expert of putting puzzles together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is good. Listen, that's uh, we're going to wrap up there today because that feels like a good, natural spot to break. So if you're listening in on this podcast, we want to thank you. But if you're, if you're in a leadership role, be mindful of the stories that you might be putting together about somebody and question, is this wrong? Am I wrong about this? Could I be wrong about this? And that's the way you get to activate people. So thank you for listening, Matt. Good conversation today. I'm Jim. I'm Matt. We'll catch you next time. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the 2120 Podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Jim, and Matt and I want to ask you for a favor. If you've gotten something out of these conversations, if you've been entertained, or maybe you've learned something valuable that will help you improve or your business improve, then the best way to pay us back is to like this podcast, give us a review, and let others know about it. And that will help us fuel our fire to keep going and keep bringing you awesome content. We'll see you next time.